Hey there, welcome to Bandit's Keep. I'm Daniel. Um, this is kind of a response. There's going to be two intros because I made an intro when I was walking and now I'm doing a new intro. It's going to be kind of a response episode uh, to Joe Richter over at Hindsightless. We, uh, there's a good conversation going on over there. Oh, and also a little bit on Twitter too about uh, power building and uh, optimization and that kind of stuff. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'll talk about that and I'll talk a little bit about why kind of playing maybe weaker characters is fun on occasion. Um, and then I got some calls from Jason from the Nerds RPG Variety Cast, and also from Barney from Loco Ludus about uh, Lords of Creation and being metal. Yeah. Hey there, welcome to Bandit's Keep. This is Daniel. And today I'm going to, this is kind of like a response episode, I guess. I've been listening to uh, Joe over at the Hindsightless. <laughs> you say it right as I'm walking here. The Hindsightless podcast. Uh, and he's been talking about min-maxing and power gaming and why that might be the right way to play, quote, right. I mean, I know that we all know that there is no right or wrong way to play, but, you know, just as it might make sense, maybe, is I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I feel like that's kind of what he's talking about, like why it makes sense, essentially, to do that. And you know what? I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of the points he's making, but I think one thing that we need to do when we're having these kind of conversations is talk about some definitions, Right? <laughs> Because there are definitely terms that we use when we're talking about role-playing games, you know, where uh, maybe everybody's definition might not be exactly the same. So when you're making statements about it, based on your definition, other people might be like, no. So let me give you my definition of these two things. Because I believe that optimization, character optimization, and power gaming are two different things. So optimization is... When, which is, I think, a lot of what Joe's talking about. When you're thinking about your character and you're like, okay, I'm going to make a thief. And because I'm making a thief, I'm going to make sure that I put dexterity as the highest stat. Because my thief is going to be kind of a con artist type, I'm going to put charisma as their next highest stat. You know, I want them to know a lot of languages and stuff. I'm going to give intelligence as their third highest stat. So you are building out your character, optimizing them, putting their stats where they need to be, to make the character you want to make. If you have something in your mind, this is the character I'm making. This is what I'm going to do with it. You're going to buy the appropriate equipment. You're going to get a disguise kit, whatever. You're going to buy the things that you think would work for that character. As you take quests, you're going to seek out quests for magic items that would be appropriate for that character. This is all optimization, if you will. This is kind of, you might take feats if you're in a game that has that kind of stuff. This I don't necessarily have a problem with. I do think it's fun to play characters that are less than optimized, and in some systems, you are not penalized as badly for it, so it makes it a lot easier. So, for instance, if you're playing BXD&D as written, and you're going 3D6 down the line, whatever, most people are probably not going to have super high scores anyways, so putting an average score in your dexterity uh, is not going to kill you, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world, as opposed to putting the highest score there. You know, if you happen to roll your highest score in Wisdom, not making a cleric isn't going to be the end of the world because the dex doesn't actually affect your thief skills. It does affect your your rate of gain of levels, so that does affect it. But, you know, as long as it's not super low, you'd be fine. Power building, on the other hand, is a completely different thing in my mind. A power builder is the type of person that builds their character using loopholes and other types of things in the rules that, sure, with a lot of stretch and imagination... You could make it work in the fiction, but it doesn't really make sense. They're the characters who look at the players who look at it and go, okay, I can exploit this, this, and this to make 
a character that just can't be hit or that has a skill that's like well beyond what the intended balance of the game is. And I'm not saying the game should be balanced at all, but when you're thinking about, I mean, I think, and again, this is my definitions, you hear these terms power building and stuff in games like Dungeons and Dragons 3.5 and beyond, right? Games that have feats, games that have uh, high power curves, if you will, games that have different level abilities, like all that kind of stuff. But you don't hear anybody power building in, uh, you know, BX or even AD&D, right? I mean, you can get equipment and stuff, but you can't build your character out to, to break the rules in a sense, right? Like, I've seen people post in forums where they can have first-level characters with, like, 27 AC in 5th edition. That's a power builder to me. That's a ridiculous, over-the-top character that is designed just to break the system and basically to make their character a superhero when other characters are not. And because of that, it's very difficult as a DM, although I don't care as much as a DM, I typically just ignore those players. So if you are that kind of player and you're in my game, you're not going to get to do all the fun stuff you think you're going to do because I'm basically going to ignore you. Okay, you have a 35 armor class, nobody's ever going to attack you. Haha, you don't get to use it. I can power build too. You know, but what I'm not going to do is what you think I'm going to do, which is send a Tarrasque after your party so that you can show off that you can't get hit. Because that Tarrasque is going to kill everybody else, and why should they suffer because you decided that you wanted to build this character that doesn't make any sense? That's the power builder that I don't like. I hope I'm not sounding very aggressive, but I'm walking. <laughs> I'm exercising, so if I'm sounding aggressive, that's what. Um, that's, that's the kind of thing I don't like. As a player, I hate it even more. I've been in games where my character I thought was very flavorful, was very appropriate to the setting, and then somebody builds a character that's just stupid. It's just like, they can do everything. They can, you know, it's like you build a character in Call of Cthulhu with like a 95 in wealth or whatever the stupid thing is there when you know you're playing in a city. So you can just buy your way in and out of everything. Oh, I don't need to know anything. I'll hire somebody to do it. I have 95 wealth. Oh, I know everybody because I'm super connected with this 95 wealth. So if, you don't, if, you're not, <laughs> if you're not used to Call of Cthulhu and you're playing in t towns and stuff, that is the most powerful skill you can have. Forget about spot hidden in library. How, how rich you are makes all the difference in the world. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. My point being is that that character, if the GM allows them, robs a spotlight from everybody else. And that is the sin, if you will, for lack of a better word, that I have a problem with. I don't care how powerful your character is. I don't care if you're having, uh, you know, if, if you're going to beat my enemy too easy. What I care about is you're taking fun away from other players at the table. Now, take a step back. If the table is into that, if everybody loves power building, if we're like, let's build the most badass characters ever, let's build the Avengers, let's do this, that's awesome. Go for it. That's super fun, and I could see that being a thing, but it really needs to be a discussion that has to happen at the table. If one person or two people out of like six, let's say, start doing this and nobody else is doing it, this can be very unfortunate for the rest of the people. It just isn't fun playing a game where... Like, would you really want to be Jimmy Olsen, well, you know, instead of being Superman? <laughs> Especially when the idea was everybody was going to be Jimmy Olsen, and then all of a sudden somebody made Superman. It's like, well, that sucks, you know? And that's the thing. Like, in my mind, you are all there to, to ensure that everybody's having fun. When you're playing a game with people, you should all be there to have fun together. You're not trying to beat the other players. That's that whole you don't win at D&D thing. That's the, the thing that I say. In my mind, what that means is you're not playing against each other. You're playing with each other to enhance each other's 
uh, enjoyment of the game. And if you are the person that's making a character that is making it is being disruptive, then you are a problem. And that is why power building is a problem to me. I don't care if it's realistic in the fiction or that people with 18 strikes would be the ones that went out to be fighters. No, it's just not fun for the rest of the table. That's when it's a problem. If it is fun for the rest of the table, not a problem. So that's what it comes down to. And just like everything else in these role-playing games, these discussions, it really comes down to your table, having a discussion, making sure everybody's on board with what's going on so you can all have a good time. Nothing is right or wrong or better or worse. You know, I could easily play a game where the heroes are all average because they were forced into being heroes because something happened, right? Or I could play a game where these people have been training to go adventuring and to be heroes. And, you know, they're in the gym like, uh, oh, God, the, the, in Rocky, the Russian boxer. Like, you know, they're that guy, right? <laughs> you know, their whole life they're, like, being trained to, you know, and, you know okay, if those, are the, if those are the characters you want to play, that's fine, but, but they shouldn't play in the same game as your average Joe characters because that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would the average Joe characters be there unless they're there to protect them? And I got to tell you, as a player, I don't want to play in a game where my character is the weakling and the other player characters are there to protect me. You know, that sounds pretty lame, <laughs> especially if I didn't sign up for that. So in, in long, the long and short of it is this. I don't think Joe's wrong. I think that optimization is fine maybe even preferred, but I do think that you should keep in mind the entire playstyle of the table. And also, if you see this little slight rule and you think you're going to get around the system, think for yourself, is, is that what I want to do? Do I want to beat the system so that I can show out? And if you do, you know, don't come to the next game if I'm running it because I don't want you there. Sorry to be so, you know, flat out, but that's the way I, I am. I don't want that player at my table. You will get no time from me. There's no love from Daniel for power gamers who take away the spotlight, take all the fun away from the table for other players. Power gamers that bring the fun, power gamers that make it super fun for everybody else, those are fun. And I'd call those more people that optimize. So there you go. That's my thought on there. What do you guys think? Go ahead and leave me some terrible messages or some good ones, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. So. After all that, I'm going to do a second segment here called uh, In Defense of the Weakling. So, yeah, I don't necessarily believe that optimizing a character is bad. Uh, but I do think there's a lot of fun to be had in creating a character that can grow. So what I mean by that is, if you, this is one reason why I like level-based games. I know that, that some people don't like level-based games. They like skill-based games. But skill-based games are probably more realistic. Fine. I mean... You know, you've got dragons in the game. I'm, I'm not really worried about realism. Or you have Cthulhu in the game or whatever. But anyway, so I digress. I'm digressing already. I just started. So if you look at, at many level-based games, not all of them, especially the older D&D games, which is the ones I play, you will see that the characters become very powerful as they level up. But they start off really weak, and this mirrors a lot of the kind of hero's journey type fiction, right? If we look at, which is not D&D, I know, but we look at something that I'm sure anybody listening to this knows, Star Wars, you will see Luke Skywalker starts as a exceptional, right, uh, person. He does have something in him, in his guts, right, clearly. He is uh, exceptional in that way but he is untrained, 
He doesn't know the world. And through the series of adventures, he learns, he makes mistakes, he gets better and better until he becomes, you know, a much, essentially, uh, a hero, right? A, a true hero, uh, an epic hero, however you want to say it. This style of play is why I like OSR, for like a better word, type games or simpler games. Not because I like the Grim, which is where most of them went. I know that a lot of people that play OSR games love to only play the super low levels and be, you know, mud kickers and, you know, oh my god, I died 17 times in that one game. That's awesome. I mean, that's that's cool. I don't mind that once in a while, but for me, I like to see the growth. I love to see characters face down a certain kind of enemy, let's say at first level, and get their butts handed to them, possibly, or barely scrape, scrape by and survive. And then those same characters, you know, five levels later, walk through that kind of opponent. And players remember that. I have had many situations in campaigns that I've run, and this includes in things like 5th edition, Dungeons & Dragons, where exactly that was it. They ran or they, yes, pe yes, people run in my 5e. I know that sometimes people think that nobody in 5e runs. Well, they ran when I was running it. <laughs> Um, you know, anyways, uh, where they had faced foes where it was like, it took people out or it, it you know, it basically devastated them. They barely survived where then they just walked over it, <laughs> you know, levels later. And I remember, you know, a player talk at the table was like, wow, we just killed that. Remember when that thing killed us? It's like, they love that, right? They love to become, to become the heroes. And I think that if you start off with characters that are really powerful, you miss out on that. Yeah, it can be a little bit of a, you know, a process to level up to get to where you need to go. But once you're there, it's, you earned it, you know? Like if I'm playing a game, like a video game, and I get the cheat code and I can turn it on where I get all the weapons or whatever, before I've played, I do it before I've played it even once. I just walk through the thing. Can I really say I won? Now, what's fun to do is play it through it the, without the cheat code, right? And then later come back and play it again with the cheat code because then it's fun because it's like, you've already succeeded. Now you just want to see how cool it would be just to kick some butt. That's totally fine. So all levels are interesting, but I think that the idea that all characters should be optimized or the optimized, optimizing makes the most sense isn't necessarily true. It really depends on the fiction. There are plenty, plenty of stories out there where the hero starts untrained, or with very little, and then comes back later to win the day. They weren't the strongest, they weren't the fastest, they weren't the smartest, but they were the ones that stuck with it, the ones that worked the hardest. And in the end, they succeeded, and that's what makes them a hero. And that, to me, is the opposite of starting with an optimized character. So, but what do you guys think? Do you think that uh, one type of play is more fun than the other for you? Do you think somewhere in the middle is the answer? Uh, let me know. Give me a call. Hey, Daniel, Jason here. Yeah, Lords of Creation is an awesome RPG. You do have everything for it. Tom Mulvey was the author. Um, yeah, it was before its time. I, I guess a similar thing these days would be The Strange. And you could take The Strange, you'd change the world setting a little bit. You know, you'd have to change the mythology and what's going on, but you could use the strange to run the, the Lord's creation. I think, um, I, I definitely think you would, if you want to run Lords of creation sometime, 
I'm on board. I, I tend to not ever want to be on YouTube things, so you might have to put like an anime character's picture in my place or something. But, you know, I, I, I'm on board to play Lord's Creation. Anyhow, talk to you later. Oh, this is interesting. So now if I run Lords of Creation, are you going to be Nick Cage? That we definitely have to do. Uh, but yeah, once I read through it, I will definitely run it and I would invite you. And uh, I don't know about an anime character for your avatar. How about that centerfold of Burt Reynolds from Playgirl? That that might be more appropriate. Uh, we'll think about it. So, uh, But yes, I will definitely, at some point, I'll put it on my list of things to run. I'm still reading that uh, James Bond RPG, which I will also run because it's, it's pretty cool. Hi Daniel, it's Barney from Loco Ludus. I just wanted to say that I completely agree with what you said on Jason's show about not being metal. I've had long hair. I really like playing my music loud. But it's it's that the blues rock stuff that I really like, particularly the 70s. Um, I could go on, but, uh, you know, yeah... Metal to me usually seems always a bit kind of f- superficial or something like it's not really rocking, I somehow feel, but that's just me. The thing about Viking Death Squad, which I think you you picked up on too, is the system. I think the system is really exciting and i'm and I'm looking forward to being able to do to take it to some other realm. See you. Oh, yes, I'm definitely with you musically there. I don't know. Uh, it, for some reason, metal puts me to sleep. I can't be the only person that that happens to. I think it's just the repetition of the... So, yeah, I'm like a sleepy metalhead, maybe. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I am looking forward to to the system of, of uh, Viking Death Squad and, and reading through it and, and running it, whether in that world or kind of shaping it to something maybe I'd be uh, better at running, for lack of a better word. But, uh, yeah, thanks for calling. Okay, then, this is a nice short episode, I think. Uh, Go ahead and leave me a voicemail if you uh, would like to join the conversation. Uh, Thanks to my callers, Jason from the Nerds Opportunity Variety Cast and Barty from Local Ludus. Um, Also, I got a package in the mail. I was going to do an unboxing, but I feel like this unboxing might be so special that it could require its own episode. So, uh, Look forward to that next time, and I'll see you soon.